0: Not though. Oh, I can't wait for Top God Maverick to come. Oh, uh, but just yeah. the
1: cinema as well. I want to go to the yes. cinema.
0: Next month, next month. Hopefully, everything goes accordingly. I, think
1: it, uh, next month. I mm-hmm. think it will. I think it will. I think we'll be well, all right. On yeah, track. I hope so. <laughs>
0: yeah. Has
1: it changed your life at all now that everything's opened up?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. No. i'm just uh i'm one of those people i'm not like uh i just i just i lag behind a little bit i'm like everybody you just go do your thing for a bit yeah. um and um yeah i'll when everybody's figured out how to kind of deal with being open again mm-hmm. um then yeah then it's like yeah, it's fine but yeah I'm, um no it's not gonna i don't What's gonna What's gonna change Yeah, just be able to like you know freely see people again, all that kind of stuff, yeah, and um, actually hang out. That's gonna be huge. It'll be great to get social again like that.
1: Yeah, definitely. But uh, but,
0: but, uh, but otherwise, I mean, how I've, how I live my life is just I'm pretty. Yeah, I guess I'm pretty just just good at pretty pretty good at just getting on with things. Mm. What about What about you? It,
1: well, the thing that's lastly changed for me is that I've had some in person sessions this week. Mm, um, cool. Which has been great. It's been, um, it's almost been a bit like normal, but um, I've decided to do it quite slowly and carefully, um, purely because it's quite a big jump from going to online. I don't know if you find this, but I find, I think I've said it before, but online I find almost easier from an energetic point. I don't get as tired, it's not as full on. So I wanted to be really careful with that transition to doing in person sessions because. It is someone in your space. I have quite a small space. Um, and everyone, it was really interesting. Like everyone came in and they just wanted to talk. And so they were doing the movements and talking. And I was yeah. like, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to, just trying to. <laughs> yeah.
0: just, was, just shut up. Just shut up for a second. Let me just correct <laughs> this <porn> for you. <laughs> yeah.
1: But what was really nice is that I could do the palpation and I could feel... <clears throat> and i could I could move people and and that for me was really nice, so yeah, and it's just it's just gone a bit mental in terms of inquiries as well. I've had a lot of one to one inquiries over the last week, um which I think shows that everyone's just really keen to get back and get on, so um yeah, it has changed quite massively for me and today um I walk my dog in many, many fields and woodland and one of the fields had a huge car boot sale of just people milling everywhere and it was a very surreal thing to see after about four months of no one, like not a soul in this woodland, in this like, in these fields and then there was just like Mm. hundreds of people milling about and it was, yeah, and that was almost like the, oh, this is is normality coming back, Mm. so Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I've noticed good,
0: it quite vastly this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good reminder uh it's easy to get stuck in your habits, right?
1: Yeah.
0: it's, um, well, it's like as much as, as much as nobody wants this, that coming out of it, there'll be a bit of apprehension as well. Yeah. So it's um yeah, it's good to see that. It's good to see it's 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 like it's really interesting to know what like you know where it does for your soul when it's just to mm-hmm. see other people and, It is really uh, nice. Yeah, even if you don't know them, you're just like, Oh yeah. wow, this is cool. So yeah. I tell you one thing: I'm not looking forward to though, and I've already noticed it is fucking drunk people walking outside my street. Oh, <laughs> outside I bet you my get window. a
1: lot of that, don't you? See, I don't. This, I live at a dead end road, so I don't get yeah. any of that. But I can imagine where you are.
0: Yeah. Has that already yeah, started to
1: happen? <laughs> yeah, it's already
0: started to happen. So it's like late at night, right? So yeah, it just I've already. It's already a busy street anyway. I and mean, it's just um, it's like a it's like a main road. And uh, yeah, there's just tons of people that just uh, uh, end up walking by in the middle of the night now as well. And I'm like, oh, this is the one thing I'm not looking forward to. This yeah. <laughs> is hearing, hearing, hearing louts again in uh, in the middle of the night and like potentially getting worked up by that. But, when does um, it
1: stop? Does do they do they taper off at a certain stops. point? It never. So just all through the night, you just getting <laughs> drunk people. It never stops.
0: Yeah, no, it's oh, just. That would uh, be mad. Yeah, he just know how it goes. You know how it goes, right? Like people just filtering out of pubs and yeah. Yeah, and then like clubs and then just making a way home and whatnot but um but whatever it's all good because uh that was one of the really like weirdest things was where i used to where i used to live <clears throat> super quiet and mm-hmm. then when i moved here um that was one thing i just didn't realize is like um, just how loud it was going Yeah, mm-hmm. sleeping at night so i went uh well i went to bed and uh yeah expecting to like, you know, I'm just, it's, it's dark, it's quiet, it's late, I'm going to just knock out. Yeah. And it was just heaving outside. It felt like, it was sounded like I was living next to an airport. And it was just, it just basically, it was like, I was as if a plane was just taking off constantly. That's what it felt like to me because I went from yeah, just, like some, right. such a dramatic shift from like being super quiet to being really, really loud. Yeah. And I was just lying there in bed, just my like, eyes wide open. I was like, all right, I didn't realize this would be oh, you know, what it's like. mad. Yeah, didn't experience it, but then you know, you adjust, you adapt a little bit. You as well. do. So,
1: you do, so, you do. Um, yeah, I'm very fussy so, about my sleep, so that would really wind yeah. me up. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, it's not great. It's like no. uh, still try and do things to try, like, drown out the noise to the extent that I can. In that, uh, I don't use like white noise machines or anything like mm. that, but you know, just using a good yoga, yoga nidra to help awesome. just stop thinking about what's going on out there and turn that intention internally and then it just makes it easier to go to sleep
1: do you get woken up by them or once you're asleep are you asleep does the does everything that you do during your day everything that we know about sleep and doing the yoga nidras and the breathing does that help to keep you asleep
0: you know it's (laughs) um it, uh, yes, it does. Well, I'm I'm generally a good sleeper in that. Okay. I will just stay asleep, but then it's going to depend on the amount of stress I put on my body on that given day, yeah. and uh, actually how late I've eaten in the evening as well. So if yes. for whatever reason I've ended up eating late, then I actually wake up fairly often during the night. I just notice like you know a few times in the night I've just woken up basically, and then I'm which will mean like you you are constantly in this uh, like shifting from sleep to awakeness. And a lot of the time mm-hmm. you don't really notice uh, the awakeness. Uh, but so the times that I do notice, I'm like, shit, how many times am I actually waking up in the night? You know, that kind of thing. Um, And then stress in terms of like, you know, if, if it feels like, you know, the, the physical, um the physical stress or place on myself or something, or yeah, even just mental stress. If it yeah. just uh, gets a little, gets to a point where it's like, I, it, it can it can help keep me up at night not keep me up sorry I'll wake I'll wake up ease more easily at night um, mm. but when I've got a good handle on that which is most of the time so I'm just dead I'm just great I'm out and then I'll wake up in the morning and uh, yeah, then, then we're all good what's uh, that's, um, yeah. that's great what's your, uh, what's, what's your routine
1: uh, I have a very very strict bedtime routine um, yeah in that I tend to put my phone away probably about half an hour to an hour before I go to bed, um, just so that I don't get revved up by any of the screen uh, light, but also just by any messages or emails that might disrupt my, th- my thinking around going to sleep. So that's quite important for me. Um, I do, I, I, I sometimes, I, I journal. Um and that's been a recent thing. I I wrote a post yesterday actually about gratitude and I often will write a list on my phone of things that I'm grateful for. But I've just yesterday, just yesterday bought a gratitude journal as well. And that's actually really cool. It's got some really nice little pointers on within the journal. And it's like, you know, what what's your intention for the day? So you can do it morning and night, you know, how do you feel emotionally? And it's got like little like calm, content, agitated. It's just, it's a really nice guideline. So I thought that was nice to have. So that's something that I'll incorporate into my nighttime routine. Um, I do breathing and a yoga nidra as well. Um, Actually, what I've been doing recently is affirmations, which are much like nidras. They're just uh, nice, relaxing music and affirmations around anything you want. Um, But also just hypnosis stuff as well, which I find really useful. So it's all around the Mm. same theme, but I use a guy called... Michael Steely. What's the yes. one that I sent you that Huberman recommends? So it's Michael Steely. Um and he has one for calming the mind which is excellent. Mm. You can find that on Spotify if you're listening and you're interested. And actually for calming if you have a busy mind and I most certainly do, that's a really useful one and it just sort of sends you down slowly into sleep. So um I do things like that And I just make sure that I haven't eaten too late. And all the things that you've pretty much said, I have to have it quite quiet and quite dark. Um, Yes, things wake me up during the night, but it depends how stressed I am. It depends what's going on. I tend to be able to get back to sleep. Sometimes I get woken up by things that are on my mind. Um, That is the way it is sometimes. But generally, I make sure that I have... A good sleep schedule and a good night schedule, and and it's fairly cool as well in my room. And that my Mm. sheets—I know it sounds weird—but I did a lot of research around sleep and what's the best way to make your room cozy and comfortable. And actually, having really good duvets and clean sheets and things like that. Although you might not think of it, it actually makes a difference to have Mm. things that are suitable for you um, to help you sleep as well. So I make sure that I have all that, and yeah that's it. And I make sure that I go to bed go to bed at pretty much the same time every day because I have to get up pretty early every day. I have to get up about six. So I mm. just make sure that I'm in bed and asleep by a certain time. Mm.
0: Tell me more about the, the duvet bedsheet stuff. Like what have you learned about? Um, it's more just like
1: what's, what's suitable for your needs. I think it's more like personal taste and approach. It's like, what do you like obviously with pillows and I did a lot of research within this within like back pain and postural positioning lying on your side if you have back pain is pretty much the optimal position if you can with a pillow between your knees and and not having too high a pillow underneath your head so it's not tipping your head a certain way there's a lot of different uh different bits of information and research out there about what's the best way if you have different pain or different restrictions but generally lying on your side is good lying on your back not so great unless you put a pillow underneath but also just it was things like material like what do you want your material to be what feels good against your skin so it was more just what's personal to you like not too heavy a duvet but then there's also research into having a weighted blanket which i've been doing research into and i'm considering buying one i haven't done that yet but that's supposed to help with sleep, with calming the body down, the nervous system down, the mind down, um, calms anxiety, things like that. So that's, it's it's just, it's preference, isn't it? It's like, mm. I, I, I like it very cool and clean and crisp and clear. Other people might like loads of fluffy pillows. I don't know. So. It's all about preference and what's going to give you the best sleep, what what makes you feel safe and comfortable enough to go to sleep, I think.
0: Okay, interesting. Is, um, do you know anything about the, the weighted blanket, how it actually works to yeah, a little bit. make that happen? Um,
1: I, I think it's it's this whole idea of, I don't know, I'm not going to pretend that I know loads. I've read a bit into it, and there's different weights that you can get depending on your weight and your body weight. Um, but it's more... I think it was made initially for children with autism to give them almost like this weight, a feeling of comfort. So it's like a hand on your chest or your abdomen. It's almost like a feeling of, I want to say someone with you like a mother or something like that. That might be utter bullshit, but I, I have a feeling it's, it's around that kind of thing. Of it, right. it kind of encapsulates you and, and makes you feel safe and uh, cozy and like cocooned you know so that's all I got I can research and tell you next week but I have I I, I found out about it from a client who had I think a child with autism and or had some learning difficulties and they swore by the weighted blanket because it calmed them down and made them sleep through the night so Mm. it was it was kind of all based around that
0: Wow. Well, interesting. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, I've seen, i seen weighted bankers pop up, but I don't really know how they're yeah. working. like, okay, this is interesting. That is mm. people are saying it is as amazing as helping me get to sleep, but, uh, yeah, I just don't understand mm. what it is yet. Like, um, yeah, still like even intuitively, I'm, yeah, I'm just trying to I I'll look into it. It just hasn't been yeah. enough to look into yet. <laughs> no.
1: Yeah. Um, And uh, I've uh, yeah, it's been battered around for me. I have looked into it. They're not cheap. That's number one. You know, if you want a good quality one, and it's for your weight, shape, and size, then they're not they're not cheap. But I think there are health benefits to it. Um, Mm. It's weird though whether I'd sleep with one. I don't know, but I know it's all about calming. Mm. Exactly, it's about calming calming the nervous system down, and it helps with anxiety Mm. and mental health problems and things like that. So,
0: yeah. Mm. Yeah, just definitely make sure you've the right size because it, it just feels like something sitting <laughs> on your chest. Right? Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, or it's I'm too not. heavy.
1: Yeah,
0: you're just going to have to shout. So it's like, help me out with this duvet. Yeah.
1: It's like having armor on you. It's like, I think this is wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I definitely would research into that and make sure. And they, I think it's very clear on the websites that sell them anyway. Mm. So um, I've seen them advertise a lot on things like, Woucher, so maybe do your research (laughs) on those sort of things but um yeah go go to a legit site that's had a good a few good reviews definitely (laughs) yeah
0: yeah that's funny tell me uh tell me about the stuff you've been learning this week you jumped on a oxygen advantage course didn't you
1: i did um so yes i did the uh uh, functional breathing instructor cha- um, training for oxygen advantage this week. And it was funny. I, I think I was trying to think, why why did I suddenly get it into my head to do it this week? Because I've been looking at it for a good few months. Um, i like, shall I do it? Shall I do it? Shall I do it? And I think I must have seen an advert or I've seen one of their posts or something like that. And I was like, do you know what? I'm going to do it this week. I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll enroll and see what happens. Um mm. And so I, I, I enrolled on Monday and just started re- watching all the videos and and just I just went down a bit of a rabbit hole with it and just watched all the yeah. videos and read the manual and like, he's got some really good stuff he has and I'm gonna forget her name, but he has a really interesting interview with uh, a yoga teacher who teaches the pranayama breathing and has incorporated oxygen and invited breathing into her training and into her practice and into her teaching. And that I found really interesting because it's like I know this whole idea of nose breathing, nasal breathing. We should be incorporating as much as we can into our movement practice, into the way we teach. But I haven't got my head wrapped around that. Yes, there's exercises, specific exercises. So the whole concept of Oxygen Advantage. Is basically nose breathing. So you close your mouth gently and you very, very gently breathe in and out through your nose. And the whole concept behind it is that you breathe slowly, you breathe lightly, and you breathe deeply. And deeply for us. Pardon?
0: <laughs> LSD. Shoot oh, is
1: that some what that it is? LSD. Right, Long, okay. Slow deep. Oh, there you are. Um, and for us, the deep is the diaphragmatic breathing. It's not that you're. It's it is actually just that it's encapsulating that diaphragm breathing, so like expansion into our centre. But the what the things that interested me is this light breathing, um, which I've never really been taught before, and slow. So we're slowing down the the amount of breaths we do per minute, which is all about helping carbon dioxide get into our body and do its magic and things like that um, which helps oxygenate our lungs better Um, and it was this whole concept of breathing light that I found really interesting and how we how we as instructors and trainers would bring that into our training it's like okay so you close your mouth and you teach everything through the nose and it's like Okay, and and that was something that I think I need to wrap my head around. But the light breathing was really interesting in that when you breathe the light, you shouldn't be able – if you put your hand in front of your face a little way, and for those of you who can't see, I'm probably, what, 10 centimetres away, maybe a little bit more away from my face. And when you breathe in and out through the nose, you shouldn't be able to feel that air on your hand. That's how Perfect. lightly Done. you should breathe. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Done.
0: I've, I've accomplished that.
1: Fine. Done. Um,
0: uh, I'm a ninja at breathing you are, yeah. you
1: got it um, and it's yeah. all about okay. doing that slowing down your breathing and then bringing it into things like cadence breathing which is where you slowly breathe in for four doing all this, this slow, light, deep um, breathe in for mm. four, breathe out for six but you breathe out for five and then you hold for that sixth breath or beat mm. um, so it's about slowing it down which gives you that feeling of almost like oxygen starvation or starvation, air starvation. And that's yeah. how we start to build up a, a, a less sensitivity to carbon dioxide. So we're, we're basically helping our system. And it was really interesting, but for me now, it's obviously reading really through the manual and doing everything and learning the exercises, but it's now about how do I incorporate into that and everything that I've learned with ID. I think it will marry up really, really well, but I'm, and this is a question maybe we can discuss, how would you do heavy weights doing that? How would you do martial art nose breathing where there has to be a certain amount of force and tension and pressure and power? Like Kathy Dooley always goes on about that, that tension breathing. Say so you're a weightlifter or a, um, a powerlifter and you need that force breathing to help bring that weight back up or whatever it is how would you do that nose breathing? Would you do that nose breathing? Do you know what I mean? So yeah. does it have its place?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or should everything yeah. be nose breathing? So that's where yeah. I'm at,
0: really. Yeah, that's yeah. No, a good question to ask. And um, LSD is a good way to remember it, light, yeah. slow, deep. Sorry, I, I said long, slow, deep earlier, but I meant light, slow, light, deep. Slow, deep. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it's, it's an appropriate question because it's context-dependent. In the context of your life, like day-to-day, yes you need to be nasal breathing you need to be doing that is um you don't want to be you don't want to be breathing out your mouth basically it's sure. just not as uh breathing in and out through your mouth it's just mm-hmm. not it's just not healthy for you in terms of actually utilizing no. oxygen for your body um it's not efficient it's not effective um when you start to breathe in through the nose that you're activating these chemicals which dilate your blood vessels to help you um, get oxygen around and yep. and, deliver, and deliver that properly, right? To uh, yep. every cell in the body. And uh, so, yeah, day to day, that's what you wanna do. And then regular running, you know, same thing. It's like basically when it comes to that kind of cardio exercise, you want to breathe in and out through the nose as best as you can throughout the whole activity and then when it starts to get a bit too desperate then yeah use your mouth as well try and breathe Mm -hmm. in through the nose but breathe out through the mouth because there's it comes a point where you just need to expel the air you need to get rid of that uh, carbon dioxide as much as possible so yeah cardio activity uh, in and out through the nose as best as you can for as long as you can until it becomes a bit too intense and then you start to uh, you know incorporate your uh, uh, mouth into that instead uh, to make it easier to get rid of the breath but mm-hmm. um yeah try yeah it's really it's really interesting it's like if i'm doing some sprints i try and um breathe in and out through the nose as much as possible and that's really freaking hard you know mm. it's like, first of all you're just like spluttering snot everywhere because mm. well. it gets to that point where you know you get to the point where you trained hard and then like you know that mucus starts to thin and it just wants to get out of your system and it's like oh god i'm just like it feels like it looks like you're snotting everywhere but um <laughs> but it's actually it's actually you know it helps you to like you said that carbon dioxide tolerance you improve it because it's what is carbon dioxide that build up of carbon dioxide which forces you to your body to use oxygen yes correct um, so you want to actually try and do that as best as you possibly can right and the more you do that the greater the tolerance you experience the easier that breathing with that nasal breathing as well you're going to activate that diaphragm a lot more uh efficiently it's just it's more it's uh, when you breathe like that it's intuitively it's intrinsically tied to better diaphragm activation and um and why that's important is because that's your primary muscle of breathing Mm -hmm. so diaphragm is that sheet of muscle that sits under the lungs and it's your primary muscle of breathing so that gets engaged and that allows the lungs to fill up with air properly and more if you don't do that so if you're breathing in through the mouth you probably get as I think that some estimates place out like 20% less yes. um, air is is drawn in to your lungs yes. and <clears throat> uh, but then you start switching to nasal breathing you're actually drawing in more air into the lungs as well so because of that your cardio improves so you um, your improvement to carbon dioxide, your tolerance to carbon dioxide and the fact that you're breathing in through the nose, it allows you to take more air in. Your cardiorespiratory function improves. You're just better at going on for longer as a result of that. Now, powerlifting and stuff like that is different. When you're lifting heavy weights, there's a, there's a spectrum there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're doing pretty light, then yeah, you can breathe in and out consistently through the nose. When it starts to get to that really uh, heavy level, you don't actually want to breathe at all you want to take that big breath in engage the core with that uh intra-abdominal pressure it's known like you know it should feel like a expanded barrel and tense like uh, your core being you know just think of the area between like the shoulder to the hip and the muscles um, of the core that protect the spine they're just engaged and then you just hold that because if mm-hmm. there's any deviation from the level of stiffness and support that your spine needs by those activation by the, by that kind of activation of the cores when you're lifting heavy, then you're massively increasing your chance of uh, your chance of injury. And mm-hmm. then when I say heavy, we're talking about like you know the that kind of one to five rep max range where each rep that you do, you've got you're just holding your breath through the repetition essentially. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, yeah so it matters um, how you breathe uh, during different kinds of activities, but uh, essentially it comes down to day to day breathe in through the nose, breathe in and out through the nose, cardio breathe in and out through the nose um, completely until it just gets too much when that level of intensity of the cardio is too much, and you just you feel like you're not going to uh, mm. you just stay with that stay with that feeling of feeling like you can't breathe, but then um when it gets a little too much just let it go and then you know improve your tolerance with that and then when it comes to weightlifting, that's definitely more on a gradient as well and then when you yeah, when i mean like grappling jiu-jitsu uh fighting it's um it's same thing you want to breathe in and out through the nose as much as you can and then there's that yeah that moment of creating tension mm, is like power that, yeah creating tension and power is that kind of that piston effect of yeah. breathing out and then like creating yeah. that momentary tension um and uh there's a tricky thing especially when it comes to people who get punched in the face for a living <laughs> it's uh, uh your nose is all bashed up right so mm. it's it's one of those things you just got to contend with is like well as best as you can breathe in and out through the nose mm. if uh if yeah if the possibility is there then get your nose sorted out and get it fixed up
1: open up uh, the airways for sure
0: yeah exactly but if it's not then you know you may do
1: what you can yeah you just um yeah get by um i i would like to add on to everything you say that Mm. it does take practice to Mm. learn how to nose breathe and Mm. what's really nice about the oxygen advantage training that i just did is that it gives you lots of really nice little exercises to help build up someone's tolerance to nose breathing and carbon dioxide and um And there's something called a BOLT test that you can do, which is your blood oxygen level test, which is how you kind of figure out how tolerant you are to carbon dioxide building up into your system. Uh, Me, not very good. Um, uh, Right now, it got better over the week. And it's something that I will uh, start to do more of. But there's just some really nice exercises to help build your tolerance so that you could then go on to start walking. Nose breathing to start jogging, and it's very incremental. You personally, I, I I find it very difficult to nose breathe and run. So it's something that you build up over time. It's not just something just for the purpose of people listening. It's it's not something that you're just able to do. It takes time and yes. massive amounts of practice to be able if, to nose breathe. Sorry, carry on. Yeah,
0: yeah. If yeah, if you're no good at, if you're sitting here listening or walking. And just start paying attention to your breathing. You're noticing Mm. that it's actually coming through the mouth. Then, because your default is going to be through the mouth, and you're just going to have to practice getting used to breathing in through the nose. But you will, you will feel better for it.
1: Absolutely. And the nose is a muscle. That what you're doing by practicing nose breathing. It takes a little bit of time because if you haven't been used to doing that and you've been used to breathing through your mouth like any muscle that doesn't get used, it, it pretty much shuts down, It does; it's not as sort of effective, so it takes a little bit of time to unblock those airways, and I think some something that he did in one of the videos is get you to breathe in and out through one side of your nose and then the other side, just to see if there's one that might be blocked, and mm-hmm. by purely doing that, that's hugely beneficial to actually starting to train the nose to work more efficiently and mm-hmm. build up. Uh, those chemicals that then help to dilate the the, the bronchial in your in your lungs and and get better oxygen retrieval um mm-hmm. it's been really cool though because i am a chronic overbreather. i have been since i was a very young music young musician um and um and it's it's just it's it's almost empowering and enlightening to learn about all this because it's like oh that's what i did that's why i feel like that and i do and dysfunctional breathing over breathing um hyperventilation they're all kind of just signs of dysfunctional dysregulated breathing and if you have any of these traits where you have to take a a breath in every so often like a bigger breath in or you're sighing a lot or you're yawning a lot or you're just just paradoxical breathing so your chest breathing or shoulders are elevating they're all signs of dysfunctional breathing and know that it might take a bit of time but you can absolutely change all of that. And that's gonna make your entire system, not only your entire system, but your, your brain, the way everything works, it's, gonna, it's going to help and calm everything down and help with things like anxiety. And also things like allergies and sinus stuff. There's a really nice little exercise in there that is really good for hay fever and allergies. And I don't know why it works, but you have to breathe in and out and then hold your nose and then rock from side to side for about 20 seconds. And that's supposed to alleviate allergies and hay fever and things like that. And it actually does work. So mm. it's almost like this building and balancing of equilibrium within the body. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it was a really nice course. And I'd like to do a little bit more as and when. Um, something else that I was interested when he was having a chat with that yoga lady is that there's a real culture in Pilates and yoga. And if you go into any studio, it's almost like a thing to hear everyone breathing. And this is what she was saying as well, that, you know, you can hear like that big breath in. And, mm. and it's almost like, there's almost like, I don't know, there's, there's that, it's, it's coming to a turning point where, That's not the key. That's, that's not what's going to be it. It's like you want to go into a studio eventually. And I think it's going to take a bit of time. It's certainly going to take a bit of time for me to bring it into my practice where you don't hear anything. Everyone's quietly breathing and getting on with the exercises and that's better for you. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see this wave of new ways of breathing come into gyms and studios and, just our way of life. And I think we're all going to be better for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It needs to happen. I mean, with a respiratory virus that's mm-hmm. dom- dominated everyone's lives over the last year and a bit. Huge. As, um, when you learn how to breathe correctly, well, you're doing many things. Is like you're going to, you're going to limit the chance of spreading virus as well because if you breathe out through the mouth they just project everywhere chemicals, goes a lot further whereas you breathe through your nose it doesn't go very far at all like you said 10 centimetres in front of you, you shouldn't be able to feel mm. should fit the air coming out of your nose right yeah. and then um uh yeah and actually like that the the chemicals get, get released from inhaling through the nose actually have an antiviral effect as well mm. so again this is to say that you're never going to get sick but you are increasing your chances of um, combating any kind of illnesses and especially respiratory illnesses that you might get because you're better able to breathe through the nose. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's huge and it should. You know, we needed to make a make a wave through mm. through the world. But, um, but it's an interesting one where it's like you, you're hearing people breathing in these classes, in these Pilates classes, and you shouldn't be able to and Mm -hmm. um but i wonder like you know what you think of this as well is like there's something Mm -hmm. to be said where because people's breathing can be so dysfunctional and in terms of like feeling that breath sometimes we have to get people to exaggerate the breathing to experience what it should feel like um because they're just not that great it's kind of like you know so it's going is being too far one way and then going too far the other way to to find find that balance again because you have to uh, yeah, you have to go, you have to overdo it a little bit to know what it kind of feels like. Just when you're teaching somebody to breathe, for like, diaphragmatically, normally, again, you just, like, you place hand on the chest, hand on the belly, and like, you breathe into here, but, like, exaggerate, like, you know, really feel that expanding. Yes. Because the idea is is you want to wake that up a little bit. You want to wake up that um, sensation for you. And then when you get better at it, you'll just fall into a more natural um, calm breathing pattern.
1: Definitely. And I think that's down to us as trainers and teachers. Mm. Um, I think this is about, and I totally agree with that, actually trying to get someone to breathe well. I think you do have to exaggerate the process, mm. especially if they're struggling, especially if they've been a chest breather or an over breather or they've hyperventilated for all their, all their lives. It's It's going to be a process. So Mm. um as you were speaking I was thinking yeah absolutely this is this is going to be something that I'm going to have to build into my way of teaching so that I combine everything in a certain way so it's going to be unique to my teaching just because I have this course and that course and and then looking at the individual and knowing intuitively what they need some some people are awesome at diaphragmatic Mm. breathing some people have no idea what you're talking about so it's it's about tailoring it to the individual. If you mm-hmm. think someone could go straight into nose breathing, yes, definitely. But I think for most people, because it's such an alien concept, I've said it so many times about taping my mouth during sleep so that I nose breathe and people are like, you are mental, what are you talking about? <laughs> and it's like, no, 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 there's health benefits, this is why, jaw health, and, you know, anatomy. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's just about baby steps with with lots of people, you know, I've, I've spoken to dentists who are even like, you pardon me, you what your mouth and yeah. your pardon, And and so it's, it's just slowly bringing it into people's consciousness. So I just think it depends where they're at on that scale as to how you teach them and what you bring in. Because like this week, it's been great. But also I'm like, okay, you've got to bring this into your teaching now. You've got to incorporate it somehow. How are you going to do that? Can you do that within a class? Yeah, we could put that into a relaxation at the end for sure. So it's just, like maybe just spoon feeding little bits here and there for me more than the, the client so that I understand how to bring it all together. It's like when I first learned about immaculate dissection and, and the core and, and how diaphragmatic breathing worked, it was like, how do I drip feed this into my work? So it's not this explosion of, oh no, we don't do that anymore. We don't do navel to spine and pull up the pelvic floor. You know, you have to do it really slowly. Otherwise people are going to be like, what the fuck? So everything we've just learned from you is wrong. No, we're just, this is the research and this is the science and slowly, slowly, I think.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's always an integration process as well. I remember meeting a guy. Sure. Um, yeah. When I did a uh, DNS dynamic neuromuscular stabilization. Oh, I, just, I still uh, want to
1: do that course. God damn. Mm.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that just sounds like three log ass words strung together, but essentially yes. it's just um, how your body creates stability and um, efficient movement mechanics mm. uh, through movement. You know, so dynamic part, neuromuscular is just that brain and body link, and then stabilization is just creating stability because that's the first thing that your body's looking for when you're doing something is to be stable and do yes. it off a stable platform. And I uh, remember, yeah. is, uh, when we, when it was getting taught and this guy is just like s- kind of super apprehensive like first half of the the course he's like wait wait, wait. And, you know asking questions is just like you know okay what does this mean what does that mean etc etc and then when it finished he <laughs> he was like he came up to me and my uh, colleague and he was just like i i feel like i've just been fucking people up for the last however long i've been doing this you know mm. it's just like everything i've been doing is wrong and it's like yeah. whoa dude slow slow down slow yeah. down okay. it's like you have relax it. it's okay yeah, yeah, yeah exactly so just uh you know you gotta you gotta integrate this kind of stuff it's um because yeah. whatever you've been doing obviously you've helped people out so there is exactly. there is merit to it but at the same time it's like this is an opportunity just to get better you know just to improve because yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, however long our careers are going to last, you know, this shit changes all the time. And especially yeah, with the, the way time. that information is uh, being shared now that yeah. there's something, something changing all the time. Like, uh, so you can't just be like, okay, well, I was always wrong. And this was, it was useless. And now mm-hmm. is the next thing. And here's the next thing is the next thing. First of all, that's just, you know, riddled with anxiety. You know, you can't be in that state all the time, but, um. It's not um it's not useful because then all that means is it's kind of like uh it's it's not dogmatic, that's not the word I'm looking for. Yeah, you haven't really thought about it enough, you know. You haven't thought about um uh, the the application properly, or you haven't thought about what it what it means properly. And um and I can say that because, you know, as that's where I was as well. It like just trying to i was like super militant about like right in the beginning about certain mm-hmm. things it's like this partly why i stopped training for a long time because i was like okay, well i want to get my body right but i didn't realize that training can be a part of that but i just thought mm-hmm. i was just gonna mess myself up so you know cut it out completely but then you know you come round uh, eventually because you start to realize that um there's yeah there's it's not about like one thing and it's not about you know, being militant about um certain things and it's about incorporating and integrating and making everything work because things are a lot more complicated than just um okay well here's that one thing i was doing it completely wrong before and now here's the only way to do it certain things we know for sure that we don't really want to be doing um, unless it's a very very specific context like for example you know that pulling the belly button in um to help you create stability was the uh, biggest misconception that I've been going but you'd be
1: amazed how many people are time. still teaching that, especially in yeah. my world. Um, yeah. So it's almost like I'm a bit of a black horse in that respect. Yeah, that's why you yeah. always
0: wearing black, right?
1: For sure. It's nothing <laughs> yeah. to do with my ninja status at all. Nothing to do <laughs> with your trinity ninja status whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. I
0: might it's, want um, to be anyway. Yeah it's uh uh yeah it's i mean like you know for people who don't understand or don't know and who may have come across that uh style of creating core tension and stability before it was just based on this um misinterpreted idea that um you need to squeeze the 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 corset muscle of the abdominals, the one that goes around from front to back, zip and
1: hollow, as they call it yeah. in the Pilates yeah. world.
0: Yeah, the uh, the T V A muscle. Yeah, zip and hollow. So hollow your abs and zip it up. I zip up the pelvic floor. floor in. Yeah. So it's just basically, essentially, if you need to take a piss or you need to take a shit, hold it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what they were saying. Is like just hold it the whole time. Do you remember that? Do you remember uh, Cool Runnings? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just remember like <laughs> they get into the bobsled and yeah. uh, they're about to go down and then Saka's like hey coach I need to go he's like what do you mean you go he's like he goes like, to, go to the toilet he's like hold it he's like hold it like, hold it hold it <laughs> just kept saying you want me to hold it he's like yeah buddy use that pelvic floor you're gonna go on a bobsled right now
1: oh don't um, get me started no pulling up with the pelvic floor no no, no but no.
0: that but that is a sick film that is a great it's film. a good film
1: you know, Foam. This is, this is a... Film.
0: Film. <laughs> <laughs> just just blame it on the retainer. <laughs> Whenever something goes wrong, just blame it on the retainer.
1: Oh my god, I've been so lispy this week as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Especially if you start saying like outlandish shit to people. You just start telling them they're Whatever. He's like, oh, sorry, that was the retainer.
1: <laughs> it's all but the braids. Like... That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I sound so super serious this week. It's just uh, every week <laughs> is different because you change them every week and they move right. slightly different teeth each week. And this week I've really noticed I'm like, fluff, 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 fluff. oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> just
0: drawling out the corner of your mouth. <laughs>
1: yeah. Which Go is really way. hard in a polite class where so it's just you speaking to, you know, 300 people on Zoom. It's like, oh, yeah. stop. Well, anyway, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> um,
0: Brilliant. Yeah, is um, yeah, the misconception about like a you know, zip and holler is uh, the idea was it was just basically mis- misinterpret data. They were yeah. like, yeah, because it helps you yeah. create core tension. It's like, it like yeah, if the TVA is activated, it helps you create core tension. But that's you're missing the point because yeah. it's in the context of the whole core doing its job. So yeah, yeah. So it's. Um, Yeah, the stuff like that is like, yeah, do away with that. Let's move on. But there's a place where you can use it if you want somebody to actually understand how to engage that TVA muscle, you know, how to... That
1: particular muscle, if it might need a bit
0: of work, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. but it's Um, it's very, very, very narrow um, context.
1: Definitely. And just while you were saying all that, it was this idea of people maybe being a bit stuck in their ways and being a bit... Um, resistant to change, and it reminded me of something that uh, Dr. Huberman said, so the neuroscientist that we both love. Um, that
0: shout out, shout out to Hubzy,
1: Andrew, yeah. <laughs> and his dog Costello. Um, yeah. <laughs> that he, I remember on a podcast him talking about learning and how in order to learn in particular for adults, which we find we, we have, we're not as pliable and as plastic as children. We don't, we don't have that ability to soak and absorb um, information up as they do. And so in order to learn as an adult, what really helps is to play. And to have a playful spirit, and to be joyful, and to basically mess about, and to be open to learning, and to be open to learning new things. And I think mm. they're really wise words. That if you and and I suppose in the context that I'm talking about, if you are just like, no, that's the way it is, no, but to spine all the way, I don't want to know. Then then you're always going to be stuck in that remit, and you're not going to be open to learning about new things. But I think if you are open to learning about new things and you approach it almost, I, I want to say in a childlike way, I don't think that's what I mean, but you know, just yeah. open to learning and open to going, okay, so that's not the way anymore. And, and this is now, it's like, it, it, it's quite childlike because children, you, as a child, you could, Oh, okay. So that's right. Great. Okay. And that's the way, right. And and just having that joyful, playful way and, and, and being open to learning new things, I think, that's hugely valid. And I wonder whether, uh, you know, because I remember when I first learned all this stuff and I had been teaching the whole navel to spine, it was like, oh, okay, show me, let me understand. This is awesome. Like, let's, let's play about with this. Let's understand it. Let's see how effective it is. And I think if you can bring that to your clients as well and go, hey, you know, well, it's not that we were wrong. It's just that we're exploring and, and you make it an explorative practice. I think that takes away from it's, it's not wrong. It's just, we've moved on and, and let's, let's figure this out. And I think being open to stuff is really important. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah you have to be um, yeah. I mean, if it's talk about learning and if learning as an adult, yeah, we just don't soak it up as well. So instead of mm-hmm. like, you know, you're a kid and you're just passively taking in information and like, um, yeah, you probably would have experienced it with uh, with Noah. is like when you're yeah. growing up. It's like, where the hell did you get that from? How yeah. did those words come? Oh, out I have well? all like, the time. Yeah. yeah. Where did you learn how to do this? Whatever. It's just because from the environment they're just soaking mm. stuff up. Stuff up. That you don't even know what the hell's going on. Mm. And um, whereas that doesn't happen with us, we have to be a lot more active in our pursuit of uh, um, uh, owning information and acquiring mm. that knowledge. So. You have to, yeah, being creative is a great way to do that. And you have to be kind of open to be creative. And, um, uh, but yeah, you just have to, you have to sit with it. You have to really mm. focus on, on the stuff as well. So that's where play comes in, in terms of that creativity as well, because play just allows you to be creative and just have fun with things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, there's that time where you can be like, you, you, know, you need to be super productive and super, you know, super serious. Super like, yeah super serious about uh how you the, the learning that you're doing but you need to have that uh playfulness with it as well um definitely it, it's um yeah it's interesting one but think about it a little bit recently as well because it's with being productive it's often thought of as like a yeah it's that serious endeavor right it's like okay Mm -hmm. i need to do this this and this so i can get this thing done and that helps me be better at whatever it is whether it's Mm -hmm. like you know okay i'll get the job done and then you know i'm gonna get paid or um i can do this and that means i'm going to get uh better at uh like better at the thing that i want to be better at like for us let's just think jujitsu and um and then you can be thinking about it constantly in those productive terms and you lose that sense of playfulness with it and uh, so you're getting what you want out of it as in you know when you're learning you've got that focused attention um, you're pushing that skills challenge boundary as well so you're able to assimilate new information and um, and also take it in Uh, well that's what I mean by assimilate is like you're going to be taking that information in and but processing it a lot better because of that level of focus and attention that you have Mm -hmm. attached to it but um, but that sense of play is, is essentially having fun with that as well because if it's not fun then it's uh, you know we've talked we talked about it a long time ago It might have even been actually when you were guest appearing on uh, the mm. podcast but uh, how your brain tags um, or uh, yeah how your brain tags these neural pathways with certain neuro uh, neurochemicals to highlight that this is important and one of those is those, you know, the, uh, the anticipation of reward or the reward um, neurochemical, which is dopamine. Mm-hmm. And um, so dopamine essentially is just like, yeah, when you're feeling good and when you're uh, rewarding yourself. And so if you're not rewarding that process of that learning or that process of attaining that uh, outcome and uh, you're just focusing on being productive, then it's a lot less easy for you to remember what you've done right and uh, whereas if you're introducing that uh, sense of reward to it then it's easier for you to remember what you've done it just wires that information into your brain a lot more easily so um and that's where play comes into it because if you're having fun with that process then you're adding that extra layer on to the the learning process which is important for Mm -hmm. you to own that information and make it stick and and so where it goes there then is having that endeavor is not just about the, the focus to achieve, it's also having fun along the way and enjoying mm-hmm. it along the way. So it's making it mean something which is important to you and important because it enhances the quality of your life. And, and therefore, because it enhances the quality of your life for me, it feels like it should feel like a uh, a fun endeavor to do that as well. Sure, there's going to be times when it's a slog. Like, you know, you and I own our businesses, basically. We mm-hmm. run, it's completely down to us whether we earn money or not. You know, it's like I'm not employed mm-hmm. by anyone else. It's just I am the person who's bringing in the income. So mm-hmm. whenever I'm working on the business, it, can feel, it could potentially feel like a slog. And I'm learning something to make my business run better. But... Uh, if I'm constantly viewing it as a slog and it's like just something that I have to do, then it's not entertaining. It's not. And even though it's the thing I spend most of my time doing, right? Mm -hmm. If it's not entertaining, then I'm just basically living a shit life. And at the same time is I'm not learning, uh, what it takes to do this job, what to do it well, or as well as I could be, whereas. Because I'm like, okay, no, this is the thing that I do and uh, there's the mundane stuff that comes with it, but um, I attach a certain level of meaning to the mundane stuff and I make it more fun that way. Then I get through my day-to-day and I get through my job a lot quicker and I get through it with uh, more joy attached to it. And I've, I've, I've done more as well. And there's, mm. there's more to learn from, uh, from having done that too.
1: Definitely. And I also think as we as trainers, taking that that idea of play into our businesses in terms of how we teach as well, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. So to pass that on to our clients and to make the sessions, yes, informative, yes, series, but also fun and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and not entertaining. I don't mean that, but if you're you know, very, get on the couch, do this, do that. I just, I feel like people are less responsive than if you actually have a rapport and an interaction with them and, and you make it interesting and you make it informative but fun. So I think applying that to our businesses in that way as well is important so that the client, our clients pick up the information. They generally remember stuff that we say to them, firstly, if it's useful, but secondly, if it was delivered in a way that makes sense to them and also is interesting, I think. And in my classes I tend to play around quite a lot and and there's no pressure on people. It's like, if you fall, you fall. If you fall, if you roll and you fall down or you can't get up, don't worry. I think people tend to put a lot of pressure on themselves. I can't do this exercise, I can't do this movement. And what I try and give to them is like, don't even worry, it doesn't matter play with it if you fall great that's your brain learning that that's not quite right so you'll bring that proprioception into the next time that you do it and maybe after a few nights sleep you'll bring into it again and and you'll be able to do it so it's like this is about playing and learning it's not about doing it perfectly ever yeah because every time you do it your body's going to feel different your breathing's going to be different you're mentally going to be in a different place every time so sometimes you're going to be able to do it sometimes you're not and that's okay But as long as you play and it's fine and you don't beat yourself up, if you can't do an exercise, then it's great.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah. I encourage micro (laughs) fuck-ups.
1: Oh, me too. (laughs) Every day. Brilliant. And I fuck up up as well because I demo a lot. I fuck up all the time and I explain (laughs) a lot that I have a shitty back and this is why. And I feel like that level of imperfection, people are like, oh, great well she can't do it so if she can't do it then it's all right do you know what I mean I feel like that mm. makes it more real for people as well if you fuck up yeah. and I fuck up regularly on camera in front of all these yeah. people and I'm like I'm coming so yeah, yeah it just it makes it more real oh, no. for people I think
0: yeah oh. there's there's an element of me that goes makes me go what does that tell us about people it's like I want you to be on a lower level so I can relate to you <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's,
1: that's what I think yeah, you walk into yeah. a class and you see a parties teacher, you feel like it's intimidating and it's like, I'm mm-hmm. not intimidating in any way, shape, or form. Let's show you. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing.
0: It's like uh I'm scared of I'm scared of you banger.
1: Um... <laughs> that means be scared in a in a yeah. training session, but you yeah. know <laughs>
0: no, it, It's um yeah, that that part that, that part's always interesting to me. I think it's I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if it's because yes, as I'm getting older and getting a lot more of a sense and awareness of the process it takes to let's call it greatness, you know, your own greatness, like mm-hmm. whatever great is to you, you are going to achieve it. So if I see somebody who's excellent at what they do or mm-hmm. is great, there's, yeah, there's a lot less intimidation because it's like, I know what you've been through to to get this like it's never easy to achieve mastery you know mm. so people who um like you're looking at so say say, f- i mean famous doesn't necessarily mean you've achieved, no. attained a certain level of mastery but i'm gonna i'm gonna go well off on one in that field about my yeah go bat, on yeah you. but I'll go off on one of my, my boy tom cruise he's okay. clearly somebody who's achieved like mastery in what he does, right? In, um, in, in, in terms of making movies, he's doing what he absolutely loves to do and that shines through in the work that he produces and he's unrelenting in his um, pursuit to make something which he believes to be the truest way of doing the art form. And uh, so that people who actually go to watch the art and go to watch his movies for entertainment coming away from it going like yeah that was that was legit you know it's like for example i can't wait till top gun maverick comes out at the end of the year because they're going to do some wild shit that hasn't been done before and uh which is make a movie and not use cgi for these flying stunts right oh wow okay they did the impossible and figured out how to put like i don't know if it was imax cameras but but movie cameras onto these planes so they could film them doing these stunts and that's insane and um and so but yeah so yeah it made me think of that as well but like essentially what i'm saying there is so he's somebody who's like been at the pinnacle of the game for at least 30 years as well right Mm -hmm. and just stayed there and It is amazing. It is mesmerizing because that kind of that level of consistency and commitment is off the charts. It's just the kind of thing that most people, maybe only one percent of people in the world, ever display um, or ever um, get to and and do on a regular basis. But um, when you see like what it takes, and when you notice that, is like I feel like I could meet the guy and yeah, there'll be a moment of astounding. <laughs> like, I'm like, holy shit, here's this mm. dude who's, like, you know, I've followed his career, essentially. He's like, I've watched a lot of his movies. Mm. But I could I could have a conversation with him without, like, be, like being an equal, you know? His, yes. uh, I wouldn't have to... I wouldn't be like, yeah, he's amazing at that, but there's there's things that I'm good at that he's not exactly. going to be good at, you know, that kind of thing. He's
1: still a person.
0: Um, yeah, he's still a human being, right? it's uh, still a human being, so... Um, when you start to notice that i feel like for me at least it's a lesser way of being to want to like to want to relate to someone mm-hmm. because you've found their flaws you know you know what i mean
1: no i don't sorry explain that yeah. again <laughs> it's
0: uh, it's like what it's, it's it's just that thing of um you, okay, so let's just use you as the avatar here as well. Your mm. client, like uh, people who come to your class, come in and uh, they're gonna be intimidated because they see you and they think, shit, I can't do anything that she's doing, right? Mm. But, um, but what I'm saying is, is you don't have to be intimidated. Yeah. You, can, you look at that and go, oh shit, this is what's capable, this is what's possible. So I'll just be where I'm at and I'll work my way up to the level which I want to be at. So whereas trying to relate to you on the level is like, where are your flaws? Where are your problems? And being like, oh, okay, she's human too. In -hmm. that sense, for me, is like, I feel like that's a lower level of being than um, looking at where you're at and actually trying to aim for something similar for yourself.
1: Um, yeah, I see. I see what you yeah.
0: mean. And it's, yeah. and it's like, I mean, I'm not saying that I don't do that as well. I'm saying I'm, tr- I'm moving away from doing that. I'm trying mm. to move away from doing that because it feels like it's too, it's, yeah, it's too kind of, um, yeah, it's exactly that. It's just too much like, you know, bringing yourself down to feel okay, to feel good about where you're at. Whereas it's like, no, let's just, let's just look up instead. Let's, let's aim for that. So be
1: inspirational and don't point out your flaws. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to
0: put it. Be like, be inspirational and be inspired rather than. Don't
1: point out your flaws. Or or, not necessarily
0: don't point out the flaws, but like, don't be looking for the flaws to make somebody relatable to you. Just Mm -hmm. look at what they've done. Yeah. And um, uh, or rather notice that wherever that person is is, is always going to have taken a bit of work so be inspired by that work and be inspired to do the same thing for yourself
1: yeah i totally it's, agree um, that definitely
0: yeah, i've yeah i've never articulated before but you know that's no that's really good at the moment but
1: yeah and i think potentially people uh, it's, it's given it it's going off of me so they're like OK, you've got a back condition, Scott, you've got a bit of a fracture, you've got stuff going on, but yet you can move like you do. <laughs> you can move like they do. Um, yeah. and, it, and it is... and it's. <laughs> Say the <laughs> line properly. You move like they do. No, wait, sorry, Trinity, isn't it? I was like doing... I was doing so. You move like they do. Sorry. Um, and I think Matrix that's reference. the inspiration... Sorry, always, always. Um, I think that's the inspiration, isn't It's is that I have a back condition. It's fairly gnarly. And Mm -hmm. I don't let it stop me. I can move fairly well. I run. I do martial art. I lift heavy weights when I can get to a gym and I'm allowed. Um, So, yeah. uh, But I guess sometimes in my classes, I'm like, I have a back condition. So I'm not going to do that today. That's not ideal for me today because that hurts. And I feel like maybe that level of realism sometimes is helpful for people that oh okay she's not going to do something because she's listening to her body and it hurts it's okay Mm -hmm. for me to not do certain things and feel like i have to push through even though it hurts it's like know your body and learn Mm -hmm. what feels okay and what doesn't if you want Mm -hmm. to sit something out you can't do it that's okay you build up to it I, i don't know i guess that's what i mean um, but I really like what you're saying about be inspirational rather than point out your flaws. And it's something that I, I would like to start thinking about within my classes and my training and my teaching. So,
0: yeah, 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 I think so. I think, um, cause I know, I know with you, for example, you just let yourself shrink sometimes
1: mm-hmm. you're just
0: like, no, no, it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's like, nah, <laughs> be, bi- be big, be big. It's like show what's possible kind of thing. Mm. Um, I think, um, yeah, I think that's essentially, I guess where I'm going with that as well, is like be mm-hmm. inspired rather than looking for, uh, be inspired and relate to relate to the process rather than looking for the thing that is, well, I guess, oh, I wonder if, uh, yeah, floor is even the right word. Um, it's just, yeah just whatever makes you human because that process, I mean, like, I don't know. I'm going to stop, keep talking about, I'm not going to stop talking about it, but I'm going to stop trying to say the words in, uh, uh, in a way okay, so. where I can't quite get there yet. But, uh, but I feel like, yeah, that's uh, it's a good thing to explore, but, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, but essentially it's just like, yeah, be inspired rather than looking for the flaws to find relatability.
1: Definitely. And I think mm. this comes back to personality as well mm. and learning where you are at as a person and how mm. you're growing as a person. You pointing out that to me, I'm like, yeah, I do do that, don't I? Um, but that's a whole mm. learning curve that I'm yeah. going through, isn't it? So and I'll be better.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, because some, sometimes what happens is funny because I'll, I'll I guess I'll pick up on when you're in that state and then sometimes i'll just pretend to like i'll just pretend i believe something outlandish and then i'll see where you sit with it, <laughs> like, with it if you, like if you start to agree and like <laughs> if
1: you start to agree
0: i am like okay i know what head, what state of mind she's in now as well she's just like she shrunk but then <laughs>
1: give me an example on the podcast or just in life <laughs> oh
0: no just no, just in life just in life okay. i just i just see what you think about it but like on the podcast is. um yeah, it was just obviously I was just oh, you know I'm fucking around as well. But like when I oh see no. you know, let's let's just start a cult. And then
1: yeah. just wanted to see where you're going
0: with it. I'm funny.
1: Tony oh, my point up. Um I was know. like, no. Yeah. No no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. I was What's like, okay, about? good. She's she's a she's a good headspacer. She was like, you're like, okay, so <laughs> <what> you <laughs> You're weird. <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah, exactly. That's fine. I'm cool. I can live with that. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, that's interesting as well. I think um, I think I think people do that a lot as well. I definitely notice that it's like we 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 shrink ourselves in the company of others to kind of in you know, a way like it feels like you know we're taking up space by being ourselves.
1: Yes,
0: and um, I don't like that either. It's no, just, I don't either. Um, but yeah, it it's a learning
1: really
0: curve, Go right? But uh, uh, you're talking about yourself there.
1: I think just in general as well. It depends. Again, mm. it just depends on personality. But carry on. Like,
0: mm.
1: I like what you're saying about that's nah. You shouldn't be like that.
0: Mm. Yeah, because it's just yeah. What it's suggesting is is that people can't handle uh, people can't handle other people being the best version of themselves, mm. and um, that's a bit, yeah, a, bit a bit shit.
1: It is a bit shit. It is a bit shit for sure. But you it's, will shed uh, those people over time because as you start well, yeah. to become the best version of yourself, you will shed the people, mm. um, as you go along that journey and as you become that best version, they'll, they'll just fall mm. by the wayside and you'll notice that as that happens, as, as you yeah. start to shine brighter, for sure.
0: Mm. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I know you've been on that journey in terms of, well, mm. at least in one sense with, uh, dropping alcohol out of your life, right? Mm.
1: Yeah. Um, mm. and I'm super proud of that. Like, mm. Two years ago, it was roughly two years ago. What, yeah, maybe a week ago, it, I hit that twenty-four month anniversary, and mm. uh, it's been eye-opening. And I, I, I part of me is like, I don't want to harp on about this, but it is a big deal. And I think a lot of people find it hard and find it hard to wrap their heads around. But for me, it. It changed everything in my life and it it made me realize that I wasn't happy within my life and that there were certain things that I needed to change and and once I started to change those things everything started to change um sorry I know I'm being kind of quite (laughs) I'm not really I'm skirting around the the point but I just feel like that was the start of me changing and becoming bigger and better and starting to shine a bit brighter. So, and you Mm. do make no mistake, drop people uh, along the way that aren't, uh, don't like you becoming that better version of yourself um, Mm. that want to keep you small and keep you in, in that, that little version. Um, But it is, it is a, a process and it's a, It's a a learning curve, and I'm still learning very much how to become that that bigger, brighter person. So yeah, yeah.
0: it always is because it's like, is you know, you're adding, you're incorporating new parts of yourself. Like if you're interested in, yeah, it's just basically if you're interested in being a better human being, Mm -hmm. and um, well, let's let's not even look at that. If you just want to improve your life, right? that is – Essentially, you're trying to be a better human being. And it should feel like, you know, that's the thing to do is like to be continuously improving your life because there's there's no limits to that. And, well, you just want to feel good, right? You want to feel Mm. good in your life, like whatever your own definition of good is. So you're always going to be adding new pieces to yourself. You're Mm -hmm. going to be incorporating that. And so if you're afraid to do that on some level or if you're you're not doing that and you're and you know based on your environment the people you're kind of hanging out with is kind of being suppressed then you start to resent that right you start to become Mm -hmm. a person that you don't actually want to be so even though you're trying to be uh, a better person you're trying to live an improved life the fact that you don't get the opportunity to is um his probably makes things worse than yeah i wonder if that makes things worse than actually just staying where you are like you're not trying to improve you're mm-hmm. just trying to stay where you are even though that means you're effectively going backwards but there's but there's less frustration there because there's nothing holding you back you know it's all mm-hmm. on you whereas yeah <clears throat> again this is like this is Going into it's new okay, places. I'm
1: happy with it. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But it's also so if you're trying to do better and then you don't have the opportunity to apply that, then there's yeah, resentment and frustration that builds up from that. Yeah. And uh in, in a different way. And uh so then it's like, you know, how much are you gonna let that have a hold over you? Um what are the consequences of you staying in that group if we're talking about like as you put it as well, is you're gonna you're gonna lose people along the way when you mm-hmm. make a choice to live a better life. In that context is like you know what's what where where are you placing that um the the weight where are you placing that value is like is it more valuable to you to stay in that group or is it more valuable to you to <clears throat> become a better uh, better version of yourself and um the answer is generally the latter mm. and if that's true then okay the consequence is, is you're probably going to lose some people along the way and yeah, it can feel like shit at first, but at the but at the cost of, but keeping that at the cost of you being who you want to be is just that sucks ass. Mm. <laughs> you know? What's the point?
1: I think there's um like when you start that journey and you're trying to change, and you're maybe in a situation where it's difficult. There is a level of fear, and mm. um, and I think it takes strength to change and to know that you maybe aren't in the best place. Um, it also takes other people and, and uh, people where you want to go to kind of help you along the way. It's so like you kind of pick, handpick people that are gonna help you get to where you want to go as well. So I think that's really important that it's, mm. it's almost like you change your community, you change your inner circle, you start to align with people that you want to be either more like or are going to help you along the way to becoming that bigger, better person. But if you can get over that fear of taking that first step, and believe me, I've been there, anyone that's listening, um, and you, I don't know, maybe have a conversation or you change something like I stopped drinking alcohol, that's then going to start to propel you forward. And then if you start to as I said, align with people along the way, then then that's then little steps. And, and you know, it is a big process and I am still very much within it, but um, there's no time frame, there's no time limit on how long it's going to take you to become this bigger, better person. It's, it's a learning curve every single day, every single week. Um, and it is just one foot in front of the other, make your goals small, incremental stages, and know that, if you are keen to change, then it is possible. And overcoming the fear is probably the biggest step. But like you were saying, there was something you were saying earlier about how does it feel to stay in that same place? Well, it's not good for your mental health and it's not good for your physical health. So, you know, if if you want to get out of that and you want to make yourself feel better as a person overall, then I think you have to place one foot in front of the other and start. Hmm.
0: Damn right wise Mm. just yeah one little step at a time it's Mm. um
1: I think it's knowing and realizing realization is the first step actually realizing that something or you're not aligning with what you want to be or you feel stuck or whatever it's actually realization and people might be in the realization stage for a really long time and then once Mm. they want to get out of that that's when you'll start to get the ball rolling
0: so how do you how do you notice that you want to change something Like what are the cues you can pick up on? What did you pick
1: up on? Okay, so with my drinking, I just noticed that I didn't like myself when I was drinking. I've said it before in previous podcasts. I was in no way, shape or form an alcoholic, but I did drink regularly every Saturday night pretty much. And I just didn't like the way I was and I didn't like how I was the next day and I didn't like my thinking around it. And I I just felt very disappointed with myself and i think anyone that's trying to make a change will change, will probably tell you that it's just that you're just not aligning with how you think you should be as a person mm. you know i was this healthy pilates teacher and i just felt like i wasn't really aligning with the image that i was supposed to give off was giving off i just felt i just felt very mismatched and i just i just wasn't happy that's what it was as well i just felt very stuck within my life And I had no idea how to change it. I had no concept of how do I get out of this? This is too big. I can't do it. I can't possibly do this. But then it just takes one person saying one thing. I read a book. One person said she read this book. I read and then read that book. And it's that momentary, it's almost like everything aligns and and it just, that's the time to change. I wasn't planning on it. I had no idea it was going to happen. It just, bam, it just happened. And then after that, it started to snowball. And, and that's when loads of things started to change. So I, I can't remember what your question was, but I think it is just that there's what just, a sense, yeah, there's just yeah. a sense of unease. Yeah, there's just a sense of unease and unrest, and you just don't feel happy within your life. If you were, if you were living your best life, there, there wouldn't be this mismatch, would there? Yeah, great. Whereas for me, I was like, there was so much unrest. And then when I gave up alcohol, that unrest started to spiral. And I was like, "Mm, okay, I need to look at everything. And, and, uh, and, and that's how it started to change me. And I'm a lot better for it. So that's interesting because you say
0: it started to spiral. So essentially that if it started to feel worse,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it it just giving up alcohol, carry on, sorry,
0: like there's things get worse before they get better. And yeah. you, had to, you, had to deal, you had to dig deep and just kind of believe that it was going to get better.
1: Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I think there are times where you think, how, how am I ever going to get out of my situation? Or how am I ever going to do this? This isn't possible. Um, but it is. There's always a way out. There's always a way through. Um, mm. And I think it is just, again, it's just, and I think it's also about asking for help as well and and maybe just asking the right people for help if you know if that's possible if you are listening and you are at a stage in your life where you do but actually uttering the words and asking for help was the next step so feeling like you're unraveling and then going all right I I need some help and then and then people generally are really really happy to help and then that then starts to bring you more on that journey and yeah, it does get better before it gets worse. But I think that is, it's like anything. Like I you know, look at, yeah. it does get worse before it gets better. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it, you could look at it like that with anything. It's like if you look at back pain sometimes or healing or whatever it is that you're doing, it's like there are these moments of where it's worse and then it's okay and then it's like worse, mm. even worse. And it's mm. not linear. Healing in any way, yeah. shape or form, changing your life in any way, shape or form, it's not linear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you've got to I go think- through it all. Sorry, carry
0: on. No, no, that's that's great. Because what I wanted to build on that was it's, my theory on that is is um, if, of things getting worse before they get better. Is you've the first when you take that you you acknowledge that something's not great mm-hmm. and you're going to start taking steps to solve that. When you start to delve into it, you realise the actual scale of the problem. Yeah. because you've scratched beneath the surface now yes and then so you scratch me so like, oh fuck there's so much shit here like, whoa oh, this is so yes. bad and then you're just going to delve into the shit yeah and but you have to to come out on the other side clean of that shit just like the Shawshank Redemption you know Andy Dufresne just yes. crawling through 500 meters of shit so he could yeah. make it out of the other side yeah. to freedom be a, yeah to freedom to be a free man that's yeah. uh, that's a beautiful metaphor for life and really uh, that's is. exactly what it is. It's yeah. you got to look up. You you got to look at your own shit. You got to face it. You got to do the work, and then you're gonna come out of it like just free, a free person, sure. and um, uh, better off for it. And so yeah, it's interesting. Is um, it's yeah, it's kind of like, oh, why does it have to be that way? You know, it's like, why is it that? So I really just scratch the surface now and start finding out, oh yeah, I'll, I'll fix this problem. This is a problem I can fix I it. Yeah. Oh crap, this is a lot bigger than I thought it was, a and it's more. invariably the case. There's a lot yeah. more going on every time. But uh, but hey, that's that's what it's about. Is like uh, it's always deeper. It's always more complex than uh, you ever mm-hmm. hoped yes. it would be. So Definitely. and that, but that's just that's just life, right? Is like everything is shaded with complexity so you yeah. have
1: to. you, you have, have to, to do the that. work you have mm. to if i could give anyone a takeaway it's 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 do the work mm. you know it's it's put in the time and do the work whatever it is that you're doing it's like it's not going to be a quick fix if you want a better life you have to do the work mm. and there are going to be moments where you're in the eye of the storm and there are going to be moments when you're not but and it is a journey, but if if you do the work and you consistently do the work, you're gonna be so much better off for it. And and what's really interesting for me right now is that you notice when people aren't doing the work. And mm-hmm. and it's it's almost enlightening. It's like you start to it's almost like I'm neo or I'm starting to become neo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just like I'm beginning just to at, believe. You just look at everyone and you just go <laughs> just hand up like that.
1: No, yeah. I, certain people no, um, yeah. no. But you just start, you just start to understand people a lot more, and, and you understand yeah. when people so, okay. are doing the work and when they're not.
0: Yeah. So it's super fascinating that you said that um, that you're able to pick up on the cues that somebody else isn't doing the work because of your yeah. own personal experience with doing the work yeah. as well, and now you know now you know like what the tenets of doing the work are. But uh-huh. what do you, yeah? What do you what do you notice? Like what do you see in people?
1: It's it's their language a lot of the yeah. time. It's how they portray themselves. It's how they relate to other people. Um, believe me, I'm a beginner in all of this, like doing the work and, and understanding much about myself. It's been a very long journey, but it's, it's how you'll listen to conversations or you'll listen to how they relay a story or you'll just pick up on nuances that you might not have picked up on had I not started doing all this, given up alcohol, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, I'm just noticing a lot more, how people interact, mm. the pauses in between, what they're not saying. Um, it's fascinating. Like it's all mm. through language and you pick up so much from what they're, maybe, maybe from what they are trying to say, but not saying as well. It's, yeah, it's mm.
0: interesting. You got examples? Like what kind of things you might have heard?
1: Have <sighs> I got examples that I could relay?
0: Well, because one of the things I think of is complaining.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: there's If there's a lot of complaining going on, like regularly, <laughs> often, especially, then um, yeah, then mm-hmm. there's a problem there. Something, something's going mm-hmm. on. Where there's a couple. There's it's a twofold problem. You're not grateful for what you've actually got in front of you,
1: mm-hmm. number
0: one, or within you. And then the second thing is, is like, okay, well, you're complaining because is something that's you've got to address and you're not addressing it if you're constantly Mm. complaining that's that's one Mm. from my side okay yeah what's your I I
1: could uh, (laughs) so I I suppose in terms of maybe when I'm teaching it's it's how someone would maybe talk about themselves I'm this and that I'm not good at this I'm uh, that's a very generalized maybe that's quite a, a vanilla example but it's it's um it's yeah how maybe people talk about themselves oh I'm not very good at this or oh, I, I've never stuck at anything I, I'm sorry I can't think of any examples that I'd like to share on here but it's mm. it's just it's, it's almost like personality types and how people attach themselves to other people and I think when you start to put in the works to yourself you start to learn how people are and what they're like in terms of their relatability to other people as well so mm. it's very very valuable to do it mm. um as I say I'm a real work in progress but I I, I mm. feel like I'm learning a lot right now about myself and and, yeah. and everyone else I have to say yeah
0: yeah exactly <laughs> it's like the deeper you delve into yourself the deeper you delve into humanity really
1: yeah and,
0: uh, the more understanding you get about uh, about it all um yeah I think like with the examples that you gave there with um, oh, I'm this, I'm that, you know, I'm not very good at this, I'm not very good at that. Mm. Those are like, yeah, those are like belief systems about what one person is capable of, right? So yes. you're already limiting yourself by believing that you're incapable of something. Mm. And um, when, again, the truth is, we were talking about earlier with learning, is like it becomes harder to learn as an adult and to adapt as an adult, but you, you do and you can. You, it's mm. constantly there all the time. Your brain is actually supposed to it's adapting all the time and um <clears throat> so by sheer fact of by that sheer fact itself it gives you it gives you an understanding and hope as well that okay i can i can change and i can adapt as well and absolutely and so yeah so that's like you know just being limited by uh, your own your own beliefs about yourself and that's just not helping it's not helping you to excel into the version of yourself that you want to be. And, yeah, I think, how, how could that be related to, I'm just wondering if that does relate to, um, you know, not doing the work. So, yeah, I suppose. It yeah, it is related that, to not doing the
1: work. You're not investigating. Yeah.
0: yeah, you're not investigating. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You're not investigating whether actually something can work for you, you know. Um, and where did that belief come from? Europe. Do you yeah, know what I mean? No, it's
1: like, yeah. where's that come from? Yeah, How, that's
0: the first place to... How
1: have you derived it at it. that? Because that's, that's, mm. that's not necessarily true. So you have to kind of track back all through your history to understand where that belief has initially come from. Often it can come from childhood. And then you have to kind of work towards undoing a lot of those negative limiting beliefs. But mm-hmm. what I really like about when people do come into say my studio and they are maybe a little bit negative, it's like, this is a safe space for you to learn and understand and know that you can change, and that your body is capable of all these things. So, I really like to—I hopefully provide a safe space, safe space, um, where people can learn. and And I think that's if someone's comfortable and they feel safe in a space, then that's when there's that opportunity to explore again. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily that I look at their limiting beliefs, but I'm like, look, you can do it. Look, you, look at what you just did. And then once they go, oh yeah, I can do it then that gives you more opportunity to explore more movement, so nice. I think I'm sure you do the same. people feel comfortable and safe uh when they have t- sessions with you and mm-hmm. and that's when you can have that that two way uh open relationship conversation
0: yeah no I have to you know, I have to make it clear as well, especially as a guy with some female clients and then sure. you know they're not up to task for in a particular session <clears throat> and then so I'll be like, look, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. they won't say it. And I'm like, you can tell me if you're in the middle of your menstrual cycle or something, you know, it's fine. Uh, okay. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, that's what's going on. It's like, I didn't feel comfortable saying it. It's like, whatever. It's like, it's all stuff that influences the work that we do. Mm-hmm. So be open and honest about it. You know, don't worry about hiding anything or yeah. like, hide it if you want to, but it's, if it's not helpful, then don't, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, if it helps me to understand how to get the best out of you then which pretty much is a lot of stuff you know is like if you sure. tell me that then um then I'll know and I'll know what to do because especially in that instance as well is like the, it's so varied how women respond to um uh, to the menstrual cycle it's like some sure. are just like I'm you know, bedridden and in pain for a few days yeah. and others are like you, you barely notice a change in uh, their mood so it's like where do you, where are you on that scale can I continue to um well if if we're in a phase of the training where I'm like I need to push you a little bit mm-hmm. can I continue to push you um, by knowing that information and if you're uh and in, in and so that becomes yeah becomes important it becomes important information and so it's like yeah make it um have to be clear about that this is this is a safe space you know it's like don't yeah don't feel that's good. like you have to hide that info
1: because if people don't feel comfortable, they're not going to share that. And, mm-hmm. and you know, that will be from experience as well and previous mm-hmm. interactions with men where they're like, oh, or, you know, it just doesn't feel like the right thing to do. So mm-hmm. the fact that you have that open conversation will make a female feel more comfortable and confident and able to yeah. say, and then the training then becomes better. Um, mm-hmm. It's almost like yes. reframing that thought process of like, oh, I can't yeah. possibly tell a guy yeah. that I'm on because... <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Do you know what I mean? Because in the past, that hasn't that hasn't boded well or whatever. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, it's just yeah, it's, it's crazy how it's just like this. <laughs> it's it's like the natural bodily function It's just been like you know nope, don't want to know about it. Get away from me. I'm yeah, not, but men, a lot of
1: men are like that though, aren't they? Mm. Don't talk to me about that. That's far too much information <laughs> right there. And it's like yeah, but actually in our world it's kind of important. So yeah. good for you. Well done for for you know having that conversation because a lot of women don't go to male trainers for that reason and for, you know, because it's, they're just not going to get it. So
0: yeah, I never actually, I mean, that never thought of that specifically being a reason why
1: women wouldn't go to a million reasons, but it's, it's all based around that kind of stuff in that, Mm -hmm they might not understand or it might not be something that you could be comfortably discuss with a male trainer or, you know, mm. so you're having a bad day or it's just all a bit too much. It, yeah, you could. I'm oh, sorry. You know, it's it just mm. it's not in their remit sometimes. So the fact that you know more about it is 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 very helpful.
0: Yeah. Well, it's just, um, and even if I don't, and ultimately, I'm never going to understand
1: <laughs> what it's like no.
0: to to be in a female body, right? Or like that, uh, like what actually happens and what it feels like is like mm. you know, try and try and understand as best as I can intellectually and like you know, empathize as best as I can. But I'm never going to know. It's, no. Vice um, so versa, like, right, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, all I can do is like, yeah, I based on the information and based on the up to date, um, like science on how best to deal with this kind of stuff i can advise on that but yep. um i'm not going to be able to tell you how you should be feeling in your body or anything like that no everyone's
1: whatever. different but, anyway
0: uh, yeah yeah exactly but uh, but yeah i mean even on that level as well it's just even less so-called uh private things as well we were, mm. so, well you know the client might not be necessarily making a change for like for a while and you're just like what's going on like you know it's you have to in this like you know some stresses that occur in life
1: Mm -hmm. are playing
0: up and they're just not being uh open about that kind of thing and then so it's kind of okay well look we're doing all this good work and you know from my side i see that there should be some level of improvement like why hasn't there been what's going on and this isn't an opportunity to uh this isn't about like rating punishing is like you know you should have done this should have done that it never is no. this is like okay well we've got to make sure that this is working for you so how are we best going to do that and if i don't have the information to go on then i'm not going to be able to help you out as uh, like you need and you're not going to get the result that you're looking for yeah. so yeah just be honest about it just be open about it and, uh, and then yeah we work together to get you to the outcome
1: good and if they can and they're comfortable then that's awesome and that's mm-hmm. hopefully what I provide here as well, that people are comfortable mm-hmm. enough to explain. And they generally are. And it's, I love it. It's like suddenly you get this outpour of information. It's like, oh, there it is. Wicked. Mm-hmm. We've got it. you know. Yeah. And it takes a couple of sessions. But generally, it's like, oh, ah, yeah. that's what it is. And yeah. yeah.
0: Good. Exactly. Makes a difference. All right. Yeah. Let's leave it there. All right. Good chatting to you today, Juju. You too. And, G-Banger. Uh, for, <laughs> G-Banger. For everybody listening. <laughs> Uh, thank you for tuning in again and uh, yeah, let us know what you're thinking of the podcast. You know, Get in touch with us over Instagram at Evolve Achieve Thrive and um, shoot us your thoughts. And uh, if you're enjoying the conversation as well, drop a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your uh, favorite podcast player if they have that as a setting. And then subscribe to the show as well. Don't miss a beat. So find us on your favorite podcast player, wherever that may be, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music. Um, You name it, we're there. So we shall catch you next time. Bye.